River Kingdoms are an ever-warring group of city-states, kingdoms, and fiefdoms, where lives are threatened every day by conquerors, wars, assassinations, games of politics, and dangerous monsters. South of Mavoy sits the Stolen Lands, stolen from me and my kind, and degenerated into savage conflict. I have been called by many names, Titania, Nerissa, the Queen of Forgotten Time. Herein lies the end of Stagthorn's tale, where Caelan Peacebringer has finally taken control of the wilderness, monsters, romantic entanglements, the affairs of ancient gods, and war. I will lift the heavy burden from his head and bring Stagthorn peace forever. Sugarfueled Gamers, in association with RPGMP3.com, present Kingmaker, a Paizo Adventure Path. Episode 141. Okay, so when last we left our heroes, madness had overtaken your kingdom from all directions. Yes. But, um... You and your council had heroically fought it off. Yes. Aldous and Crystal came back to um, take charge and point out that Lakeview was suffering from some variant of the Black Death. Yep. But it's cool, it's, it's all under control now. Yep, yep. Galen has come home, pointed Tristan, and Aldous and Varn at each other. Yep. And then... Gone off to sort through his massive... Um, Issues. Yes. And I don't believe we went out on a giant dum dum dum. No, it was um, it was pretty much um, people had you know some people were organising kingdom business, some people had gone to bed. Yeah. Kaelin had gone up to, to hug his children and then um, and hug his wife and was then going to um, go find um. And largely, check the children came through unscathed, given the castle has giant holes in it and stuff. Yeah. And, um, then, um, he wants to go find, um, go find, um, Tristan, check he's not, um, so panicked he's planning to flee out of the castle screaming. Duh, we saw a big battle. Lots of yelling. <laughs> what friends would like, I have to say. Mm-hmm. So I give them cuddles and throw them up in the air. More! More! <laughs> more! More! And then eventually I tire them out and tuck them, tuck them into bed. Yeah, that's that's how it works. It, it is when you've got um, a bunch of nannies. Yeah, and and when you're a 15th little fighter with them. Um... Yeah, well I've got I, I've got um, 18 constitution. Yeah. Okay, so you want to go and talk to Triss? Yes. Yeah, so he and Aldous and Varn have, um, in some fashion or another, have had sort of an hour or something here. Yeah. Um, 
And I kind of imagine that Caelan is just vaguely hanging around, like you don't want to interrupt them. But I'm but... just kind of nearby. Caelan, let's put it this way. Caelan is with earshot ear yep. sufficient that he can hear if anyone stabs anyone else. Fair. No, nobody stabs anyone else. Um, Triss, Vaughn, because it was Triss and Elvis or Vaughn as well? Um, I think... Elvis and Vaughn both expressed a desire to have a private conversation with Triss. Yep. Whether they want to do that independently or together is a question that I yep. don't know the answer to. So a servant comes and tells you basically that Triss has talked to Vaughn, that Triss has talked to Elders separately, um, and that now Elders is sitting in the smoking room having a drink. Yeah. Um, Vaughn has gone up to his room. Yeah, probably to go back to bed, given he's had four hours sleep after being up for 24 hours. And Triss has been directed to the guest rooms and is just kind of hanging around there awkwardly. Cool. I'll go see him in the awkward hanging around category. Kevin. Hey. Hey. How you doing? Jalen at this point is going to kind of lean on a wall and kind of look in a different direction, you know, so it's kind of a very chill, not making eye contact. Trist. Not standing too close. Vaguely gestures at the walls and castle stag. This is nice. I mean, I, I knew it would be nice, but it's nice. I know it's got to be a lot. I just kind of wanted... To, you don't have to, you know, talk about emotional stuff. I figured there's got to be a lot of that going on. I mostly just wanted to know if there's anything I can do to help. It gives you a long stare and a, a, an awkward shrug. And he says, I talked to my father for the first time today. I, I mean... Really him, not not just a stolen portrait. Oh, yeah, I think I get it. I needed to know who my family was, what I was coming to uh, rule. <clears throat> he was very different to what I was expecting. Not what I'd been told. I'm curious, but you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. Different how? He left. He, he talked about how he'd gone to the shackles. He was supposed to be in Gravoy, working for the political glory of House Thorne. Roses fall, thorns remain, that's the point. Thorns remain where they are, thorns have a duty. He'd done a long time doing that, being up at Brevoy, scheming and plotting and um, fighting off enemies to the house. He wanted to figure out who he was, who Eldus was, not just Lord Thorn. Eldus is my, our father. Yeah. That's what he should be. Kayla looks slightly thoughtful. Yeah. 
People ain't just one thing. I was a mercenary and, and now I'm a king. Those are quite different things. People change, they take on new roles, they get lost or confused, they go mad, they grow. Lots of different things happen to them. He nods slightly in, in quite an eerie mirror of Tristan. He runs his fingers through his short-cropped hair. You're right, I suppose. It's just... I missed it. I missed the years when he was what he was supposed to be. Yeah. He said... He said we couldn't make up for lost time. But we could start some kind of relationship. Be a father and son of sorts. I, I knew he was scarcely going to play hoop ball with me in the backyard if I was seven, but but you I don't know. You still hoped for something more than you could have with them on the first day. You want you still want back the things you lost. Yeah, he makes a several vaguely awkward murmur of faces and shrugs. Yeah. yeah. It's, I think, you've known all along that you missed out on a lot. But maybe it's more real seeing them than it was when you were just thinking about that. Maybe it hits home in a new way. Yeah. I can understand that. Father said, what Elders said it. It wasn't going to be fixed in a day, or a week, or a month. But that we'd build something. I... None of this is what it's supposed to be. What I, What's new about that for my life? What you'd, what you'd planned, what you'd hoped for? For starters, he says and gives you a slightly wry smile. You're in my seat. Aye, I know well you wanted to... You've been reared to be the king. And Tristan is still here. I was supposed to present his body to elders, gloriously liberate my father of what had been done to his family. The more I talked to him, the more I realised... That was never going to work. If anything, it would have made things far worse. They don't care about Tristram the way they did when they thought he was their blood. But they do care about him. Oh, that's... That's not the impression I got. Maybe they've settled into it more. It was certainly a big shock to them, finding out... They feel like they should have protected you better. Even though Van was about seven at the time. I can understand it with Elders. I don't know how I'd bear it if it had happened to one of my boys. Van's, Van, Van's more what I was expecting. 
He's very dutiful. He understands. It's not his fault, of course. If it's anyone's fault, it's... I suppose it doesn't matter now. You have a right to be angry and sad. If you let yourself feel it, there will come a time when you'll be able to set it down, I think. That's also not something you can have on the first day. That's what Father said as well. But it would all take time. I've waited this long. Thank you for welcoming me to your home and hearth. Very glad to have you here. It's... Very glad. I... You gave up a lot, you know. Not trying to kill us. I appreciate it. I... I don't want this to all get so strange for you that you feel the need to to run off and it's got to be pretty strange and that's I guess come see me or Tristram or someone if you feel it's all getting more than you can manage. Bryn said something to me about going and living in the woods. You've got a wise one there. Yeah, now that that's a perfectly valid option. Anytime you feel like People are making you, you know, talk to them and you don't know what to do about it. You'd always just grab some camping gear, let someone know that you're going so we don't worry. Take take some camping gear and take off into the forest for a few days. It's real quiet and no one will bother you there. There's a lot to be said for it. I understand from your wife that most of the plants here aren't even carnivorous. No, I, I can't imagine there's anything in um, our local forest that is written about your capabilities. Yeah, like the guy's got like 15 <laughs> levels of straight ranger. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, um, even out in the wild, but it's a white axe what we haven't obtained. I wouldn't think there's a lot that you'd have to worry about. And certainly the local forest has been well cleared of anything that's anything more than ordinary predators. She's... She's a good catch. Yeah. Smart choice. I'm very, I'm very happy. Sometimes you can screw up most everything and still wind up fortunate, and that's being me with woman. I um, wound up very lucky, and certainly not through my um, silver tongue and gift with the ladies. You must be doing something right. She didn't. Make a play for me. <laughs> Although, come to that, none of them have. Maybe it's more of a fairy woman thing. Yeah, uh, I, I, mortal women are different in that regard, and that the majority of them don't head on you on a first acquaintance. He raises his eyebrows like this is kind of a weird fact. Although, I, I mean, the. Um, let me introduce you to Quintessa. Right? Yeah. Uh, Van and Tristram get a fair amount of attention from the ladies. So, I mean, uh, less so in Van's case now that he's married and that, but um, being a being a thorn, there will 
doubtless be women that are interested, but they don't won't come right up and ask you on the first acquaintance. Something else for the future, then. The the whole thing is. He he again shrugs like he's quite lost here. I, I had my future planned out. It was stupid, but it was easy. I, now I don't know what happens tomorrow. I I I understand. Uh, it may not have been the best plan, but you'd spent a lot of time thinking it through, and you had a pretty good understanding of what you were going to do. And now you don't know what you're going to do, and that's got to be scary. And you really always have known that much. That's got to be scary. And now I just go to sleep and hope tomorrow comes. Well. I hope tomorrow brings something different. <laughs> if there's one thing, it's that, um, it's being alone in a strange place is the sort of thing that time heals more quickly than you'd think. You will get used to the people and the place given some time. And I think however foreign it was with we were raised, it's also where you were meant to be in a way that the first world can't be. It may be that you find yourself more comfortable as you get accustomed to it than you maybe have been used to feeling. I, I'd never thought about being... I thought about a lot of things, but not being homesick. I thought this was home. It is and it isn't. I mean, it can, it could be. Just, you know, not yet. Time. I know it's, I know it's not helpful, but it's what I got. I think you might have had enough, um, enough family reunions, but, um, at some point I'd like you to come up and meet the kids. But I think maybe today you could just use some time for yourself. Yeah, he actually goes very slightly pale at that. Um, the children. I, I hadn't thought about the children. I'd, I'd never have hurt them, but maybe that should be tomorrow. I. He's he's just like wait. Oh God! There were children in my flat, and I just—he I, I, hadn't thought about the consequences as it affected them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the thing that's hard to remember because he's quite grizzled is that he's still a teenager. Yeah. Like Triss is Triss looks physically like a young twenty-year-old because he's quite built and yeah. tough. But um, his his general mannerisms come across as a guy that's no more than seventeen or so. Yeah. And at that, a 17-year-old with kind of a weird upbringing. Yeah, yeah, very sheltered in some way. Very exposed to scary stuff in some ways and very, very sheltered in others. Yeah. And for the longest time, um, what he's been steeped in is being Tristan. Yeah. <laughs> or not being Tristan, as it were. Yes, the um, he, he who seeks revenge must dig too great. Mm. Alright, so, yeah, so I think that, that at that point I'm going to close scene there. Yep. Caitlin's just going to let him have some time and space to himself. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I think you two much... sort of awkwardly mutter each other a bit and then go into some variation of, so how about those, how about that weather? Yeah, I, I think Callum will just sort of let the, have, have kind of silence and yeah. then say goodnight and roll on out, unlearn from his wall and roll on out of there. Yeah. Um, the theory being that, um, you know, I think maybe what Trist needs is not to have to talk to people for a little while. Yeah. I, I'm not even certain he needed to talk to Callum, but Callum needed to do a, um, Quick, you know, equivalent to feeling his forehead to check if he's feverish for yeah. um, desires to sort of flee screaming into the night or and stab anybody. Trust behind you does something that look, would look very familiar to Kalen. He pulls out his bow and arrow and starts basically oiling the string and testing its draw and checking the arrows and sharpening with a grindstone and that. All pointlessly, you imagine he did this before he came for his um, for his ambush. Yeah, but it's very much you know like Caleb is just this is kind of my my default. Like I don't think about this. Yeah, I need to clean my weapons. I need to clean my armor. And but I imagine it's also like because he's working with the bow. Like I've also seen Tristram doing yeah, this, yeah, and, and, and it's another one of those little echo things. And then um, I want to go up and see Tristram. Really, some of similar voice. He says, Kaelin, what can I do for you? I just wanted to check you were alright. Uh, it was a bit of a rugged time, and then we were sort of riding frantically out of there. I know it was, um, tough. More or less. Alright, yes. We saved him. That's the important bit. He's back where he belongs now, with our family. But it's got to be tough for you. I know you care more about his well-being than you do about your own, because that's the kind of uh, man you are. But he he is safe. I just checked on him, and he's all right and preparing for bed and feeling very homesick, not quite sure what to do with that. But um, it's all right for you to be having feelings about him being here and meeting Van and Aldous and all the stuff that came up when we were fighting him. Mm. He nearly died. And Caelan looks like maybe Tristram yeah. isn't the only one with unprocessed emotions. Yeah. But I didn't. No, no, I, I know. Trist was always going to do the right thing. I didn't mind so much when he was attacking me, but when he shot you, it was, it was touch and go. I'm glad he thought the better of it then. I feel the same way <laughs> about you. <laughs> I, it's it's strange having him back there, back here. Um, father wants to talk to me later. When we've got a minute. Busy day for all of us. I I can't help but think with Trist back. I guess I'm now the spare. Well, technically you all are. I mean, the line is the spare in the air. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Fair. <laughs> Silly way of thinking about it, I suppose. There's plenty, there's plenty of thorn boys to go around. We're well past that now. I'm the magistrate of Stagthorn in my own right. I think maybe Eldis has done some growing up out there. I wouldn't be surprised if um, he's said sorry to me for the things he's mulled up in my life, and he's um, 
I imagine he's just said sorry to Tris for not protecting him better. But I don't think he ever has apologised to you for the muddle he's made in your life. My guess would be he's working his way around to that. But we'll wait and see how, how he's doing. Father and I have issues, but... I'm not sure there's anything he necessarily needs to apologise for. He didn't ask for this any more than the rest of us did. Nay, but... You and Van and uh, Tris were all infants at the time. Or Van was seven. The eldest was a man grown. And a man grown is responsible for his own actions and whether they may have been appropriate. There's not a lot he can do about what's past, but I don't think an apology would be inappropriate. Hmm. But we shall, we shall see. I was proud of him. At the wedding, anyway. It wasn't much, but it was a start. Whatever happens, it'll be okay in the end. Anyways, I just wanted to come in and see that you were alright, make yep. certain no one, that we weren't forgetting about you and all the fuss over getting our stray back. No, no, I, I, I quite understand. We've, we've been waiting a long time, his whole life, for Tris to come home. I'm very Ever since the Rushlight tournament, I've been wishing I'd said something different. So that I could bring him home and he could meet Van and Aldis. So, uh, I, I think it's still touch and go. He's uh, he's an odd fellow and uh, I don't quite get how he thinks. And Abe is of course no happier than you are about us going up against Titania. And it's going to be, but it's going to be hardest for him in some ways because he's no one better than the rest of us. Ben. Raised by the Fae, and particularly to think he's the the one true king, must have made an interesting life, particularly for a human mind like that. He's um prepared to acknowledge that his plan wasn't that great. Hey, now it comes right down to it, but he doesn't actually have anything to replace it with per se. He hasn't got the first notion of how to conduct a normal human life. I I feel strange enough at sometimes, and the Fae adapt to these things a lot better than humans do. Yes, I imagine um. Were you to wake up tomorrow in the first world, um, it would be very comforting in some ways, but it would actually be quite an adjustment, even if it did feel more natural to you. He gives a vaguely wistful look at this, and he says, One day, I hope to find out. Well, once things calm down between the kingdoms, you've got your amulet and you can be spending yeah. some more time there. He fingers the amulet appliance, he says, but right now, I think Stagborn needs me. At least this... Oh, yeah, I think more than it ever has. The um, it, it turns out possibly the man we need most is our, is our scholar of the first world. I've heard reports that we have trophies of a sort, pieces of the first world, pieces of the ambient magic linked back. I'll have a look at them overnight or tomorrow and see what I can put together for you. I appreciate it. Just good to know you're all right, and thanks for being there with me. I don't think I could have reached him without you, and however much wear and tear it may have put on us physically and emotionally, it was well worth the achieving. Likewise, Caitlin. Thank you for saving our brother. Alright, let's get some sleep in, in an actual bed for the first time in what feels like weeks, and actually there has been weeks technically, I suppose. Yep. And we'll worry about everything else in the morning.
Yeah. Well, let's see. Now, and at that point, Kellen's going to go to bed. Yep. And he has a catch-up scene with Bryn, but I don't think that that needs to be on screen. He tells her yeah. about what happens. Sure. She tells so. him about fighting a giant wyvern. They, um, she tells you she's been out with Michaela for a few days. She says, mm, no offense, but tonight I want to be out on my own. She's yeah. going to do her thing that she does every several weeks yeah, go off out in the yes. woods for a night or two. Yeah, that's not a problem. Kaylin gives her big hugs and then lets her uh, go on her way. He's um, pr- pretty contented just to be in his giant king bed. The kingdom is, um, the castle is filled with people who are having big, big sleeps. Uh, actually. Yep. More. Yes? There are more things happening. Okay, sure thing. Um, one of which is Kaylin is basically, um, winding down, um, readying for bed. Yeah. Um. Chen has changed out of his plate and is settling into his leather armour, putting his great sword above the half and, um, you know, washing his face with a water tank. And... I, I don't know how devoted you are to um, this sort of thing, like whether your bed chambers have paperwork and that sort of thing in them and a little study. They've, un- they've undoubtedly got a little study off the side to do it, whether or not you're still pissing around with that or whether you're done. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. The, um, uh, in Kaelin's bedroom is a paperwork-free zone. Kaelin accepts paperwork reluctantly as the responsibility of kingship, but he... It still doesn't read incredibly well, and he really hates paperwork, so it, it all goes down in his office. And he, he gets other people to do it whenever he can and not screw up the kingdom. There is a rhythmic knock on the door. Kaelin says something um, kind of unco- <laughs> kind of crude-sounding in Hawk, and then goes over and opens the door. And Liana, your page, is standing there. Um, it's unusual but not unheard of for her to come to your bedchambers. Um, this is often the the king needs to hear about a thing that is somewhat urgent <coughs> not so much the guards are going to boot his door open screaming. Um, and Shouldn't you be in bed, lads? What is it? My apologies, your majesty. I forgot a last appointment because I am absent-minded and do that sort of thing regularly. She says and looks at you with slow, sort of swimmy, dreamy, half-hypnotized eyes. You go, oh, I've I've seen this before. Yeah, but Gavin looks slightly bewildered because he just relatively recently had a vision from Oberon. Yeah. So, um, weirdo face should not be breaking into his bedchamber. If you will see the appointment, Your Majesty, someone is here to see you regarding Candlemere Island. Uh, uh, yeah, of course. Well, that doesn't sound good. And Liana has come in, sort of opened the door, walked in, shut the door behind her, turns around, opens the door as if to admit this guest, and the room goes bitingly cold. Mm-hmm. Um... And the air itself seems to freeze, a sort of chill spreading over all of your body. Liana just stands there and doesn't seem to notice anything as amiss with this. You have a couple of guards down the hall who are also basically <coughs> staring slack-jawed into infinity. Um, and then there is a voice whispering behind you, something sharp and bitingly cold in your ear. 
I will take but a moment of your time to remind you of a service rendered, what you have done in removing Candlemere's blight upon this land. And remember this, I am Mab, mortal, and the stars themselves will grow cold before I do not pay my debts. And nobody comes through the door. She, there's just this voice behind you. You feel lips on your ear as if there is someone there. By the time you whirl around, she is gone. And the room is heating itself up again. That, that was it. And Liana is standing there, blinking slightly, uh, slightly off at you. Uh, is that all, Your Majesty? You saw your candle there visitor out? Yes, she's, I think, I think she's gone, yes. Um, thanks, lass. You can go on to bed now. Okay, good night. She sort of smiles at you, looks like, like what the hell is it to him? Okay, mm-hmm. try. Off she goes. I definitely think my pages have got that kind of, um, doesn't everyone black out several times a day? No, the thing is, because you've actually spoken to Leon about this, like, he actively remembers it as a sequence of events that makes logical sense. In his case, uh, many people come came to see him regularly that yeah. said, I need to see the king on such and such business, put it in your appointment book. And he would then carry that message in. Um, <coughs> the, and the ones he got over very much, he remembers Titania just walking, a remarkably attractive woman with green hair walking up to him. Yeah. And saying, I need this. Yeah. Um, and then going, well, that's important. You should be showing to the king at once. Undoubtedly, if you asked Liana, you would, um, she would tell you about some sort of beautiful woman with blue, almost frozen skin, you know, saying that she needed to talk about, to Kaelin about paying back a debt for Candlemere. As to what the hell that was about. Yeah, Kaelin has, has no idea, but that's nothing new for Yeah, Kaelin will just kind of stand there for a moment and, um, see if anything else is going to happen. Uh, apparently not. Oh, yeah. G- given that it has been um, hundreds of episodes since Candlemere, do yeah. you need a reminder of what happened there? Or um, So, Mab's De- in the position of Desna asked asked me to close Candlemere. Yeah, yeah I think you had, you like um, slept on the shores and had weird dreams. Yeah. Um, and then you ran into her in the first world as well? Yes, yes, I, I remember. But that was a separate incident. Uh, yeah, no, come to that, that's right. Because I ran into her in the first world, and she asked me if I got home, she would help me get home. That's right. Yeah. And I would close the portal. Yeah. But that was more specifically, like, there was an open portal that was leaking bad stuff in. Yeah, that's so right. Michaela, she showed you Candlemare and said, go sort this out. And Michaela and I went to Candlemere and closed that portal and fulfilled my debt to Mab. Yeah. And then subsequently, the clerics of Desna came to me and told me they'd been having dreams and said Candlemere should be filled in. Yeah. And I elected to do that. Yeah. Although I kind of botched it by sending yeah. Niska. Yeah, but you did do it. Yeah. I, I did pick them, and the Order of the Silver Twilight were very irate indeed. Now Mab says the stars themselves will grow cold before she does not pay her debts. Yeah. All right, well, I, I guess that's... I mean, I uh, can't... You, you can make me a sense motive check here if you desire. Sure. But she she doesn't have a conversation with you. Mab just tells you something and then is gone. Yeah. She is the coldest of the high fae. All right, that's a 14. 
And Canon uh, uh, probably doesn't have much idea. And also, to some extent, um, the least active of the High Fae that you have seen. Yeah. And this would be the first manifestation you've had of her that isn't in um, the first world in yeah. fashion. And it was blinkingly brief. She showed yeah. up, said three sentences, and vanished again. My impression is that she's the most settled into her new persona, Very and thus so. the, the, least act, the least active in her old persona. Very much so. Even here. Where their echoes linger on. Okay, so Caleb at this point is going to, like, stay up for another half an hour and hang yeah. out and wait to see if something happens. Yeah, um, Caleb's going to say, I, I would never question your word, my lady, and then just, just, just kind of, probably, like, at that point he'll uh, probably do some unnecessary weapons care of his own. Because I was going to say get a book, but Caleb is really not the reads for pleasure kind of guy. Yeah. Like, he... Really, like, he reads books because he wants to know things. Yeah. If, if he doesn't want to know something, he doesn't read a book. Yeah. So he, he... There's also the jewellery making, if you just want to keep... That's, a, that's, 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 that's an excellent idea. Yeah, so what Kalen has as his study is actually he's turned it into a little jewellery workshop, yeah. and there's some extra weapons in there, because you know, there's no such thing as having enough weapons in personal quarters. Makes sense. So Kalen will actually go and, like, make a little amulet and um, calm down. Because, you know, he was relaxed and ready for bed, but now he's um, he's feeling a little winked for some reason. And then when nothing else seems to happen, he is going to go, go to bed. There is, in fact, something else is going to happen. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so, for starters, the result of that sense motive check is... Um, Mab doesn't seem terribly happy about this. You don't think <laughs> she tremendously likes the idea of being... Uh, the, uh, perhaps it's about paying the debt to you, perhaps it's about being involved in the world again in any fashion. Yeah. Regardless, that was brisk, impatient, yeah. and cold. So yeah. I'm here, I'm doing the thing, I'm gone. Yeah. Um, uh, but you don't sense, you sense, a, you sort of sense general, um, negativity about it, but not <laughs> malevolence per se. Yeah. She isn't here to hurt you. She is here to pay back a debt in some fashion. Yeah, it's, um... You know, while Mab is generally kind of an intimidating persona, um, with the exception of the one time he accidentally upset her, Kaylin's interactions with her have been universally positive. Yeah. And, um, you know, considering his alternative theories for... um, Candlemere was something with Titania or something with um, somebody from the Outer Dark. Yeah. The fact that it's Mav is actually relaxing and soothing. Yeah. The fact that she's in a cranky mood and it's weird facial is happening made him jumpy, but he's certainly much happier than But he doesn't have any negative associations with Mav. So Caitlin's sort of sitting around for, for 10, 10 yeah. or 15 minutes, kind of winding some yeah. jewellery around and trying to wind down a little, just kind of waiting for the next thing. And so yeah. you were not startled or surprised at all. When there's a series of rapid knocks on the door, not not immediately highly urgent, but it, enough to get your attention, presuming that you're asleep. Yeah. And you hear Svetlana's voice at the door. Kaylin, Kaylin, are you awake? There's something we need to talk about. Aye, come on in. Then she comes through the door, <coughs> and she is not remotely ready for bed. Indeed, she is dressed up in full bore adventuring garb all of her usual armor weapons etc etc shouldn't you be in bed lass it's um you didn't get a lot of sleep when you were out with Vaughn I know that much and I know you only had um about four hours I mean true I left if you tried to leave you sleeping when um Triss came in but it must have been a hell of an afternoon what with one thing and another 
I've caught a few hours this afternoon, and I don't know that what I've been told will wait. Sorry, but it's one more thing. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, All right, I'll turn t- t- tell tell me tell me about it, unless I need to get into armor and we need to be a horse immediately. Um, she shakes her head, turns her turns around and turns her back on you, and she says, "I'll I'll turn my back. You put on your armor." It's possible this has nothing to do with Narissa, but well, it's possible this has nothing to do with Narissa or Titania the Fae, any of it, but I want your help nonetheless. Alright, um, and, um, alright, just stand outside for a moment then, um, and Caelan will call in one of his random guards yep. because he can't get into the yep, armor yep, himself. And, and it's, it's awkward, he doesn't want to be Svetlana helping him with that. Yep, yep, fair. Although come to that. Honestly, I think, alright, at least not the clothes changing part. Yeah. Alright, so what he'll do is change his clothes and then get her to help with the armour because that must be something she's doing in the field. Yeah, because cause you are wearing like a quilted undershirt and all yeah, that sort of thing under it. So yeah. So you're um, effectively in like long johns under your full plate. Yeah. So basically what Kaylin does is changes out of the leather armour into the long johns type stuff. Yeah. And then um, gets her to help him putting on the plate. And, and Bryn is absolutely like if you tell Bryn I had to take all my clothes off in front of Svetlana, Bryn's like, yeah, and yeah, but and nonetheless, probably a practical reason for it. Yeah, but nonetheless, he does that bit with her turning away. Yeah, and then he gets her to help him on with the armor. Yeah, and um, unsurprisingly, for the way kind of lifestyle Camel lives, like he's got all his personal weapons up on racks around his bedroom. And um, a, a full pack standing by the door. So given that Switlana's indicated this is urgent, he gets up in all his weapons and has his pack to hand so he can just go. All right. And she will start talking to you yep. as you're getting ready. Like, her impression is there's something we've got to do tonight, but not drop everything and sprint out the door the second. Yeah, which so is good, much, because Caelan would much rather do whatever it is in place. Yeah, and she says, uh, get ready for something, you know. Something might happen, something might not. Yeah. Um, and. But you know, Kaelin definitely has a, but I was going to have a night's sleep. And then he remembers he's a half orc and he can just stay up all night if he wants to. As you turn your back, as she turns her back and then as she is helping you, she says, Do you remember what happened? Uh, God help me, it probably wasn't all that long ago. Um, Length of time ago, possibly a couple of months, um, with Tobias and Oleg's grave. Yes, uh, uh, I'm sorry. I. I think that was um, that was actually a couple of months. Yeah, ago. It was probably about four or five months yeah, ago now. Yeah, because when Svetlana and Vaughn got married. That's yeah. Right. Um, she says, and actually, it'd be all right. It'd be a bit longer then because that was towards the. Um, that was a good few months back because that was brought towards the middle of the whole Pytax mess. Yeah. In any case, that's yeah. the It's still, still relatively recent, like six months ago or something. And you asked us to bring you, and you asked the guards to keep a watch over the monument garden and bring us word if there were any other disturbances, anything unusual happened there. I? Somebody came to see me tonight to tell me that something is wrong at Oleg's monument. It has not been burned again, but they are... The guard I spoke to couldn't put his finger on it. He said it was cold and dark, 
and the garden spoke to him. What did the garden say? He wasn't sure, but it scared him. Well, that may not be as bad as it sounds. Uh, a man came to see me tonight. That is a rare visit. Well, uh, when you have my kind of life, you get used to him popping in and out. Yeah. Uh, although I don't see a lot of her. Particularly not since I started working with Titania. But, uh... So perhaps this is her she, warning then? Cold and darkness? She said she, cold and darkness is um, her, her kind of trademark, and she said she was repaying a debt to me for Candlemere. I... So my guess would be this is something her trying to attract our attention to something we'd want to know, but I can't swear to that. It might be um, unrelated. I mean, there's plenty of things that are cold and darkness. And, like, this word has reached her, you know, yeah. half an hour or so ago at this point, so yeah. it's a, a thing that's happened. But, uh, but I think on general principles, there's nothing wrong with um, being heavily armoured and wearing a large amount of weapons to go check whatever it is out. Tobias is asleep in his room, I checked. Good. And you've got someone watching over him? Varn's watching over him or someone? Why? Yes, sorry. Why? <laughs> Wrong person. She says it's, it's under control. Good. But I don't think it could be him, although any such, such strange things are possible when a young sorcerer comes into their power. With the, with the boy's history, I... Um, don't wonder that you'll be worried, but um, my hope is that this is someone trying to attract your attention for whatever reason. The um, fae tend to pick on these kind of things, and they don't always realise how we're going to feel about them. It's also possible that there's uh, some manifestation of another of these strange blooms within... Uh, Could... With, within Elks, it's not within Castle Stagthorn, precisely, within Elks <coughs> Rest itself. I uh, was hoping we'd hit the point where she'd run herself out of power, but... Uh... It, that may still be the case. In any case, I, it may be that there's nothing. It may be that there is some manner of giant flesh-rending monster there. Well, if I there is... I figure if we go prepared for one, we will be ready for the other. Aye. And, um, Kaelin will head out, and he stops to just let the gate guard know where he's gone. Yeah. Just so there's some record of what's happened to him. Heaven Svetlana, if they say don't come back. Yeah. And um, then he, he and Swe- he will clank out into the night with Svetlana and his full pack and all his weapons. Yep. Whatever it is, it's um, well worth looking into. If it's something that's non-hostile, we just won't stab it with our various weapons, but we'll be glad of them nonetheless. Now, I have a question for the player about yep. um, Oleg's monument. So this is in the monument garden with a bunch of statues and that yep. thing. It's, is it actually his grave, or is it merely his monument? It's his merely his monument. the graveyard. His ma- grave is in the graveyard. The graveyard and the monument garden, I think, are in the same block of four hexes. Yeah. But they're not identical. This is a monument Galen erected to remember Oleg. Yeah. And um, the person he was and the, um, you know, sort of vaguely heroic nature of his life. The... Um, Beloved friend nature of his yep. life. Cool, cool. We have, um, we are on the same page then. Yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely not his actual grave, but yep. it's sort of, his grave is very much just kind of a headstone and a grave. This is kind of the place people go to remember Oleg in the same way that not too far away over there is the, um, statue that Bryn goes to visit when she wants to talk to Father Bravia. Yep. 
So there... Although, admittedly, his grave is um, up where Bryn's hut used to be and not as convenient for walking to. There is a guard hanging out here who sees you, walks over, salutes, and basically it's it's the same guy that we yeah. spoke to Svetlana. So he gives you more or less the same privilege. You Majesty, you know, I can't put my finger on it. It's just... It's spooky, you know? And... Normally, he wouldn't report this in. Like he, well, he might report it in as part of his general guard duties to his commander the next day. Something felt off about the monument gun, but he certainly wouldn't go and wake Svetlana or yourself yeah. for it. As it is, his compromise has definitely been to wake Svetlana. Yeah, yeah, and let her decide when <laughs> yeah. to wake me. Yeah, but um, presumably because we've told everyone to be on the watch for weird shit. Yeah, yeah, because the last time uh, I imagine we're getting a lot of like. Reports of weird shit that are actually more just normal phenomena so. that, that that turned out not to be. I mean, and particularly because I imagine the local Thay are pretty stirred up, yeah. so we're probably getting a lot more. You know, because I assume that the kingdom has a higher than normal ratio of weird Thay activity, just as a back yeah, general some, background. Somewhere in your giant pile of paperwork are like fifty reports of milk going sour and goats yeah. being born with missing a horn. Yeah, oh, th- th- this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, Along with people who are well-meaning but genuinely just have the wrong idea, you know there are mysterious void. There are mysterious noises and lights coming from the fairy dragon tree. Yeah, yeah. probably the fairy dragon. Yeah, exactly. Tree. And particularly, <laughs> I imagine the the, the little fae are all stressed and are pulling extra pranks to cope with it. Mm. And then the local human population is extra wiggy and is reporting them, and thus we've got a giant style of random fae prank ank reports. So you head into the monument garden, and as soon as you've walked sort of four or five metres in, boy, can you feel what the guard is talking about. It is pitch dark in here, because there are no lights per se. Not a huge problem for you, Svetlana will indeed just light. Yep. Um, But... It feels unnaturally dark in here. The darkness is sort of swirling around. Indeed, as you look behind you, even in your dark vision, the guard is sort of falling away into the gloom. Um, it is also quite chilly in here, more so than it should be. And from somewhere, there is a cold mist running through from somewhere, and the you can hear the sort of... Argh! of a crow or a raven or the likes of that. Um, And the the whole thing is just almost vaguely theatrically eerie. It's very much that haunted graveyard style scene. But it's immediate as you come in here and you feel those cold fingers on the back of your neck and Svetlana looks at you. Well, he was not wrong. I haven't felt like this since Corwin and I took that um, charming trip to the boneyard. Although that was worse, don't get me wrong. Yeah, it, it does put you very vaguely in mind of that. There's one important lesson learned in my life. It's that you, you want to stay out of the boneyard. And Svetlana sort of moves along. And, should we head to Oleg's monument? Seems logical. Moves along, moves over to it, sort of. Seeing out if you see anything that looks like it might be an undeniable that wants to be jumping us kneels down, kind of brushes off a little bit of dirt or plant growth that's on it, has a look over it for scratches, digging, fire, etc, etc. And, well, this is happening. Can you make me a listen check? Oh, sure, because I'm great at that. You can absolutely hear 50% of sneaking up all the mammoths. 
That would be an eight. There's at least a chance of hearing if it is visible in Mammoth. Uh, Svetlana is concentrating on the um, monument. Uh, and indeed, I'll get her character sheet out because that will undoubtedly make playing her easier. I, I can't see anything wrong in the monument, but I don't like it. I can hear the voices whispering again. The trouble I hear when there's darkness in Discord, her detective evil, yeah. um, is telling her that there is a lot of ambient evil hanging around the monument. Yeah. Which is, I, I can't hold up my finger. Caitlin hears off from somewhere in the darkness a voice of, I told you, Caitlin, that woman was bad news. And Svetlana does not react to this in any way. She has missed it. And she is still saying, you know... You're not wrong, lass. There's trouble afoot. All right. Why don't you come on out, whoever you are? And Svetlana sort of stands up. Nothing happens. There's no immediate reaction to this. It's just so put a while. This is a show, I think. Whoever it is is going to turn up to gloat sooner or later. You should have known better. I'd never have la- I'd never have hit her. And I glanced at Svetlana. You hearing that? Faintly, she says and looks off at the darkness. I can hear the whispers. And she swallows hard and goes slightly pale. That's Oleg's voice, isn't it? Yeah. But it ain't Oleg. Because, oh, did I told me? He's in the vaults. Avatar's place, yeah? He's gone on. Wouldn't find him in the boneyard. He's moved past that. So, whoever this is, I'm Caelan, will look around. It's just using Old League's voice to have a bit of a game with us, yeah? Think can, with the easy marks. I can hear it. I can hear it. Uh, faint whispers all talking off the top of each other, all in his voice. That way. Good. Because she starts running Detect Evil and yep. goes, the monument feels like something has been here, something dreadful and evil hanging around it, but the actual trail of energy goes that way. But... Before we go, just steal yourself, lass. Remember, this ain't Oleg. Oleg's gone. This ain't him. We both feel bad about what happened to him, and there's something out there that wants to use that against us. Let's show it it was a mistake to push us on this point. In many ways, I failed my husband. She pulls out the thorn bow. I cannot control what has been, but I do control my choices now. We'll talk first, we're that sort, even if it is trying to provoke us. But I don't think it's anything good, or you wouldn't be hearing those noises. And it's gonna, if it ain't, if it wants trouble, 
it's going to be sorry it picked this route to get it. And you walk on, and I'm sure it will not terribly surprise you to know this route takes you to the graveyard. Ah, yep. And starts taking you to Woods Oleg's grave. Yeah. Um, where um, Svetlana has actively got like plots picked out around it that are empty, that are um, lo- that I don't imagine they would have tombstones per se, so much mm. as just little wooden signs that say "Reserved Svetlana Livington," mm. "Reserved Van Thorn," "Reserved Tobias," etc., mm. etc. Et um, walks over to it, and again, when you walk into the graveyard, it's the same sort of atmosphere. It's dark, it's cold. There is mist. You can hear sort of fluttering of bird wings and a little sort of ah, ah, periodically in the background. Um, and Svetlana heads over to it, following Detective who looks down at the grave. It's coming from there. Beneath the dirt. Not far or I wouldn't hear it. On the surface layer, it's like a, a more than a foot of dirt blocks the detective evil. Well, I don't fancy this much, but I guess I should uncover whatever it is. His actual grave will be further down, but if it's it's under there, we want to get it out. And you pull out the shovel. Yeah. <laughs> Draw the shovel. Yeah. Um, and you hear Oleg's voice again. And this time, uh, you may give me another listen check. 18. Okay. This is absolutely coming from right where you'd think it is. It is coming out of his grave. It actually sounds faintly muffled, as if it is a voice speaking through dirt. And underneath the voice, you can hear something else, a faint scratching of fingers scrabbling at dirt. And Oleg says, So, a quiet midnight tryst in the middle of the night then. Alone in the moonlight with my wife. How romantic of you, Caleb. Here's the thing, Caleb will say to the grave. If you were really Oleg, maybe I'd feel the need to justify myself. Elf or apologize or tell you what I've been doing or something of that nature. But you ain't Oleg Livington. At least you had the good taste to wait till I was dead. Small mercies. Even though that death can be laid directly at your doorstep. Kaelin will begin shoveling. And Svetlana, slightly off to the side of you, is having a different conversation entirely. Mm. Um, she looks around, uh, fluffs her listen check, looks vaguely in the direction of the air, and says a prose of apparently nothing. It wasn't like that. I wasn't happy, but I always kept my vows. I'm sorry it didn't work, but Oleg would know that. He's at peace now. She is hearing something different. She is having a separate conversation to you. Yeah. Which probably doesn't tremendously surprise you. And, um, Caleb will shovel. Dig, 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 dig. Give me an initiative check. 
Okay. Sixteen. So more specifically here, you go dig, 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 dig up sort of four or five big shovelfuls of dirt, stick the shovel in, and then a hand goes out from the grave and grabs you by the wrist. Yeah. And the initiative is whether or not you are quick enough to you know react to that or yeah. get clawed or what have you. Um, and... We probably desperately don't need a minis map for this per se, but I will just do minis on the table. Is that cool with you? Yep, that's cool with me. <laughs> uh, you're thinking on the same wavelength as me, I see. Oleg in quotation marks. Kaelin's not writing it down without the quotation marks. Svetlana <laughs> uh, yeah, so will actually tank that for her and roll nearly a 13. Uh, Kaelin gets a really good 20. He's um, remarkably pissed. Cool. And not Oleg is on a 14. Cool. So, between. Between. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so... Sweatmarrow's over there talking to the air. Kaelin's now holding a shovel. (laughs) Something reaches out, grabs at your arms, scrabbles at it briefly on the shovel, and Kaelin pulls away and takes half a step back. Yeah. Um, It absolutely looks like a dwarven arm of a rotting corpse, and it is climbing out of the grave. It looks like a zombie of some kind, functionally. And, um... If somebody zombified Oleg, I am going to kill them so hard. Given, giving it a brief moment, what you probably see is, like, Oleg snatches your arm. Yeah. And then Caelan pulls back slightly, and you see Oleg's arm and part of his face comes out. It is absolutely a zombified Oleg. I'm going to kill someone so hard. His shopkeeper's face, his reasonably placid and calm shopkeeper's usual face, sort of twisted with... Mm-hmm. All right. And Kaelin wins initiative? Correct. Then you are neither grappled nor struck nor blah blah blah. Cool. Alright, um. Kaelin will drop the shovel. Yep. Um, not thinking the shovel's going to be a, um. massive aid to him here. And, um. Dixie for his magic swords sheet. Uh, that's the other thing you pick up with your list and check, which probably won't change what you're doing, but you're welcome to read on it, is um, you can hear the sound of slight rumbling, like the ground itself is shaking with the force of this guy digging this thing, digging itself out. Yeah. It's coming up with quite a lot of power, not just that of a corpse. And Kaelin is fully equipped with all his gear and ready to go at this point. Uh, and Titania's curse is still in effect. You still fail. Yeah, well, no, um, we'll, we'll save on... Yep. Um, no, no, it's uh, you. Uh, sorry, you. I fail. Um, ones, ones, and two, ones and twos are fumbles. Ones and twos are fumbles. Yep. So, um, Kaelin will draw Matchless Sentinel, which is the um, combination of weapons that he has. Yep. And um, as a default, and um, <coughs> gives him Blindsight, which might be useful around this. Uh, Around this point. Yes, indeed. And he's got Ghost Touch, although I don't know that that's super relevant. None of these things are particularly undead, baby. Yeah, it, it appears to be a solid physical corpse that is coming yeah. out as opposed to a ghost. It's, it's pretty obviously an undead. Ah, and then, um... Oh, someone's going to be sorry they did this. And, um... Kill will full attack. 
this thing. Fair enough. It is functionally prone. Yep. Uh, so that's a um, 32 or possibly a 36 if I've got a plus 4 bonus. Just give me one moment. I'm just looking up um, blindsight to see if that makes any difference to what you're doing. Um, do you have is it blindsight or blind sense? Uh, blindsight is the better one. Pretty sure is what you have. Uh, yeah, it says blind sight. Cool. So. Okay. Um, All right, so it is negates not, invisibility and displacement yeah, of yeah, blur. It is, it is not tremor sense. It no, doesn't tell you what's happening under yeah, the that's, ground. That's quite true. Cool. I'm sorry if that was misleading. I... No, no, it wasn't misleading in the slightest. We can't. I'm seeing if you can work out other things that are happening. Yeah. Um, Yes, go to. So 36, you unsurprisingly stab the thing in the arm. Yep, and deal it uh, 25 points of damage, five of which is acid. And it's slashing, isn't it? It is indeed slashing. Cool, mate. So Oleg does not seem to bleed at this, but you literally cut a chunk of rotting flesh away. Yeah. It's clearly physically doing something to him. Cool. Uh, I fumble. Yep. And you can do nothing about it. And I so get... So you slip on his grave. Yep. And I get a 30. That will also hit. Sorry, 34. Because prone. He is slow. Um, and that is um, 18 points of damage. Kel, it must be said, um, doesn't hesitate when he sees this um, beloved friend corpse because, you know, evil thing in Oleg's grave. It's kind of a logical conclusion at that point. But he does look upset, which manifests as murderously angry. Will you kill me again? You didn't... Well, that's not fair. You didn't kill me the first time. You were merely responsible for my death. Neska killed me because you... <laughs> through the dirt didn't listen <laughs> and up he climbs uh, provoking from you in the process cool I hit him again as he moves still prone when this starts yep so that is um well more than 30, 37 yeah, yeah. like he's 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 not actually ridiculously slow, but compared to the way you hit, he is pretty slow. You're not having any trouble doing this. Uh, that would be max damage, which I don't roll very often. And the acid is doing more or less exactly what you think it would do. Though, cool. More or less. So, 27 points of damage. Cool. So, when the, when the corpse staggers out of its grave, it is looking hurt. Not like it is about to fall down immediately, yeah. but you're clearly accomplishing something here. Yeah. Uh, and you, because you didn't listen, and Oleg claws his way up your legs and pulls himself out of his grave into a standing position. And as he looks into your eyes, you can feel the sense of. It is a sense of great guilt coming over you, as if some external force is trying to convince you of the truth of this, 
Niska may have killed Oleg, but it's absolutely all your fault. Mm. It's probably more your fault than it is Niska's fault. Yeah. You know, you you drove Svetlana out of his arms and destroyed his marriage. Yeah. And um, forced Niska to take... made Niska take those actions by what you did to her. Yeah. Ultimately, it is all entirely Caleb's fault. And can you give me a will save as he looks at you? Ooh. Well, that's interesting, I think. Um, Kalen rolls a one on that. Yep. And fails. Yep. And Svetlana, he also glances over at her, this is a gaze attack. Yep. Um, and she staggers back away and seems to, again, be having a totally different conversation with him. And I, I quite like the conception that you're only hearing half of it, so is that fine with you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, she... That is a way. He was so handsome, so brave, nothing like the life I had. I didn't mean to lead him on. I didn't mean for this to happen. And she puts her face in her hands and fails a will save as well. Oh dear, that could be a bit brutal for us, but yes, I think um, Kalen has been fighting off the mental impression that this is Oleg. Yeah. But the emotional trauma of seeing, like, whatever else happened, someone has defiled Oleg's grave, you know, someone has defiled yeah. Oleg's body. Yeah. Kalen has failed to protect Oleg's body just as he failed yeah. to protect yeah. Oleg. You know, he's dead and in the ground, and, you know, I haven't even succeeded in protecting his body. And the emotional impact of it just overwhelms Kalen and causes him to stop fighting off this idea. So this is, this is very much um, a sort of crushing despair style thing. Yeah. It does not actually dominate your will to the point you are forced to believe this is real. Yeah. It's merely all of Kalen's guiltiest impulses go, oh god, what if he's right? Yeah. Um, just, just a sec. Um, and I think like, Kaelin's been trying to avoid processing the emotional trauma of this, but this kind of, this is pretty traumatic, and, um, it's just kind of weighing him down. And at that point, Oleg will basically reach his stubby little arms up and start trying to choke you. Yep. So, do I take some kind of specific penalty from the crushing despair style effect? Like, is that a minus two to everything? Or no, something? Nothing that is immediately obvious to you. Okay, no worries. Um... That's going to be largely terrible. Uh, 24 is the better one of those, which I think is not... Yeah, no, the, um, Oleg, um, maybe a zombie, but he's still a shopkeeper. So Oleg basically somewhat slowly brings his arms up and just kind of clubs into you <laughs> with, again, a lot more brute strength than mm. either the real Oleg or this, or the, a basic reanimated corpse should have. Yeah. And locks his hands in your throat and chokes you for a moment, and then you just kind of push him away. He's not pissing. Piercing mm. through the armor. And Svetlana. No, no, this this. I didn't mean for this to happen. I didn't mean for. And she does not actually have a great deal of single target spells. On the other hand, she has got good old fireball, and this is a big graveyard of a lot of room there. Yep. 
I, I didn't mean for this to happen. I, you're not. You're not him. Throws her arms out and chucks a fireball off that way. Yeah. The back end is just hitting Oleg. Uh, cast the rule. And the fire passes over him completely harmlessly. Right. And doesn't touch him. It seems to just shy away from him and make a hole around him. Like he's immune to it in some manner. Very much so. Okay. Um, it is not that the fire doesn't burn him, it's that the fireball doesn't hit him in the yep. first place. The fire parts without touching his skin. Yeah. So it is not that he's immune to fire, it's that the spell has failed to affect him. Yeah. Uh, and... Then... That is that... Oh, and um, I have ethereal sight. I can sense ethereal creatures. I don't know if there's anything else in here, but if they're ethereal, I can see them. Uh, I don't believe so. No, it's your 30 foot, isn't it? Yeah. No. There is nothing here that... Um, just need to check this because there is something here, but I don't know that you're going to see it. Yeah, you must have line of effect to the picture. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So at this point, uh, can I get a mystery guest on the bottom? <laughs> Spell won't touch him. It did nothing. And Kalen doesn't respond. He's um, he, he would normally reassure her, but he's um, a bit lost. And at that point, the ground begins to rumble more dramatically and shakes. And there are more hands coming from below, reaching up around your ankles this time, grabbing at you and trying to yank you down into the ground. And Svetlana, the same effect. Uh, Can you both give me reflex saves? Which you find this remarkably hard to do, like your feet are slow to move, you are too mired in your own thought, which is slowing your body. Can you give it to me at a minus five? Yep. Uh, 18. Okay. Svetlana steps back and basically ninja flips away from this fairly nimbly as the ground opens up beneath her feet and a big hole opens up and more zombie arms reach up and try and yank her down and she jumps away. Kaylin, on the other hand, something else grabs you from below. You feel another pair of hands yank you down and you are pulled under the ground. Yep. Where you are suddenly struggling and there is something holding you in sort of a reverse bear hug from behind. Yep. Prone and under the ground at this point. Yep. Uh, and this effect does not hurt you per se. Yep. And uh, at this point, now that you have line of effect to the thing, your blind sense tells you that there is another creature here underneath you. 
the, like the same, you are getting the same visual read of your blind sense that you would from Oleg. It is another squat, dwarven-sized zombie that is holding on to you. Oh, yep. Which actually does help in that it almost certainly isn't the second dwarf that was buried in Oleg's grave. Yeah. Uh, and you are basically down in the grave, um, in, in struggling and fighting at this. And go to as you round. Okay. So now, by effectively, what's happened? To clarify this: is you have been pulled into Oleg's grave, yeah. and Oleg is now standing over it, looking down at you. Yeah. All right. Which and, is an awesome visual. Yes, and um, this is very upsetting and very traumatic. However, and Kellen is absolutely prone. However, whatever is holding on to me, I have a ring of freedom of movement. That's true. Um, um it, it can absolutely pull me over yeah, and it, trip me and knock me down. It is, it is in fact pulling you, pulling you prone rather yeah. than grappling you. The, yeah. the grapple is the flavor of the earthquake effect. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you fall prone to the grave. Um, there is nothing actually, uh, that, what is holding you here are hands scrabbling at you. Yeah. At which point, yes, the freedom of movement will completely ignore them. So, I will stand up. Yep. I would imagine that I'm below all legs still. Very, very much the grave. Like, you dug about yay far down, yeah. but at this point the whole grave has fallen in. You are now in the big full-size So, hole. I'm putting Oleg and Svetlana up. Yep. Because I'm down and there's no way to go lower. Yep. So, Kaelin is in a hole. Um, Oleg and Svetlana are up here. And we could probably use another um, little undead dwarf type fellow. Get I know we actually have an undead dwarf, I don't know if we've got it with us. It's just a regular dwarf, but that'll work. Oh, yep. I got the... That's right, I knew there was another thing here. Yep, there we are. Lovely. Another wraith. Yep. So, um, Kaelin is going to stand up, which um, potentially provokes... There is actually a second creature yep. lying under you here. So that provokes from the second creature. Yep. Uh, it scrabbles at you feebly, not having put two and two together, and... Whether or not it touches you successfully, it grabs you and tries to pull you down, which does nothing, so I'm not going to bother rolling for it. Sweet, that's fine. Um, and then Kaelin is going to stab this one. Um, he's looking at it at this point. Yep. Is it a zombie? Uh, what, the thing in the, the, thing the, in the grave? The thing behind me. It's Oleg. Another Oleg. It is, the, it is the exact same thing that you are fighting above you, minus the damage that you've dealt to it. It looks like Oleg's bloated, rotting corpse, and at this point, can you give me a will save? Uh, that's a 19, but do I suffer any sort of penalty? No. Cool, 19. Okay, so it does occur to Kaelin, just as a fleeting thought here, that Oleg has been dead for multiple years at this point. He should be mostly bone at this point. There shouldn't actually be enough corpse left to make zombies out of. Right, yes. Because he's been dead for uh, at least five years. Yeah, yeah. And my count, probably more. Mm. I'm not keeping track of the timelines all that closely. But um, he should definitely be (coughs) not in fit state for this. So clearly, whatever these things are, they're not Oleg. Yeah. Uh, Secondly... Because you have blind sense, there are things that you cannot see in the fog, but they are there nonetheless. Um, I have no experience describing things with blind sense, so just give me a moment as I think about what you're looking at and that's what gets described to you here. The reason you cannot see these things is because of the level 
the reasonably thick levels of graveyard fog around. Yeah. I'll actually take your thoughts on this as a player. So blindsight is the um, broad sense that gives you, that works for a bunch of things like daredevil sight mm. and acute sense and keen hearing and mm. echolocation and blah, blah, blah. Uh, Magical Sentinel doesn't actually define how this works, per se. Yeah. So what are your thoughts? What's the appropriate um, fey thing? What are you sensing? I think um, in the same way that Tristram just knows things, I am sort of getting... The Magical Sentinel is granting me essentially first world knowledge. Yep. I can see things that I couldn't see, that I can't see. Yep. I just know that they're in the same way that I know more about the first world than I should thanks to Tristram. I know things that I never saw. I know there are X number of creatures in the fog and they're standing over there, over there, and over there. Yep. So, outside of the grave, just moving within 30 feet of you, um, you feel... Yeah, okay, so, first world sense. Yeah. What I'm hearing here. Yeah. Locking that in as your answer. Yep. Okay, so you feel a rustling in one of the graveyard trees over there, the branch dipping slightly as a light weight is upon it. And you feel cold <laughs> metal, hard steel moving as another creature walks in to your 30-foot radius here. And continue with your whatever you want to do with your turn. Cool. So, Kaelin has stood up, um, and um, he will... Say to Switlana in Orc. Yep. Um, there's things coming in from the sides. I can feel them. It didn't, it didn't work. My spells, my spells, they can't touch him. It did, it did nothing. I, I can't stop him. I can't save you. I, I'm gonna be okay. And at this point, Kaelin is, the, the events, Kaelin's still feeling pretty dreadful, but the yep. events have snapped him out of it a little. And it's, um, this is a trick, Lass. What we're seeing is not, not real, I mean, two Olegs? Yeah, she probably can't see anything but the first one. Yeah, there's a, there's another Oleg down here with me. That can't be. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. And um, Kayla has given her some warning that there are things, but he's trying not to let them know. Yeah. It depends on whether they speak Orc. Yep. But he's certainly not saying in Sylvan things are sneaking up on us. Yep. And um, at that point, he's going to fight the enemy that he's got in front of him. Cool. Um, for grave, grave Oleg. Um, can he cleave upstairs Oleg? Yes. Literally, cool. literally you swing down, you turn around and stab the uh, one standing above you in the ankle. I just didn't know if he was too high for me to reach from here. No, for, for whatever it is worth, probably very little, the one standing outside the grave has higher ground and thus gets plus one to hit you, but that's the extent of the advantage. Cool. This, so, is, this is not Revenge of the Sith. Higher ground does not help you. Cool. It does not help him all that much. So I'm going to hit the injured one because that's the tougher shot, and then I'll cleave the one behind me. Makes sense. Okay, so that's a... 38. Yep, yep, you hit him with these. Yep. And... I deal him... 21 points of damage. Uh, let me just do some mental math. At which point, you sever the sword clean through one ankle bone and clean through the other, and this Oleg creature staggers, stumbles, falls, and basically collapses next to his own grave, a broken corpse. Excellent. 
And then Kaelin will swing round and, um, he's trying to be strong for Svetlana because he can hear that she's pretty lost, but he's pretty lost too. However, unfortunately for these critters, when Kaelin gets really upset, he instinctively stabs things. Yeah, it's fair. Emotional trauma makes Kaelin more violent, not less violent. This one's dead, this one is functionally violent. Yeah. Um, Alright, so this one's at a minus two, so that's a uh, 31 plus what? four for the bar and a 35. Yep. Uh, and that's, um, uh, 22. Kaelin only gets the one attack and the one cleave because he stood up. Yep. Uh, I'll just take that off the field as I no longer need to indicate the, that guy's height. And at this point, can you give me another listen check? I wish this was some schooling skill I didn't suck at. Six. Kaelin's a trifle prayer. Kaelin's murdering zombie friends in, the, in, in a grave. In a grave. He, he, he's not focusing on random noises. Okay. You hear another odd voice coming from out of the darkness, generally. Yeah. This time, um, <coughs> unmistakably Michaela's, of yeah. all things. Um, saying, Kaylin, calm down. Everything's alright. Where's my Kaylin? Kaylin, Kaylin, calm down. Everything's alright. You just have to... And then it cuts off mid-sentence. Michaela? And Kaelin's definitely pretty baffled by that one. Then can you give me one of these really weird checks? Um, I, I really should have got your character to put points in profession, mercenary, or something or other. Yeah. Um, uh, so we, we we use base attack yeah, bonus. Yeah, give, give me a um, full base attack bonus. Yeah. Well, Okay, um, that's an 18. Okay, so there is a faint sort of whistling noise and a thud, sounds of combat, although that's what you can get out of it, and from your perception, the thing that is on the bra- the, the thing that is on the branch of the tree drops dead. Ah! <laughs> Slight whistle, thud. Well, it does sound a bit like Michaela. And you, you have a vague sense of something. The ground, it's, you, with your face like you have a vague sense of the ground shaking very slightly as something goes thud and falls out of the tree onto the ground. Yeah. Um, and unlike the two corpses, unlike the zombie corpse that you can still feel mm. up there, that one just disappears. Hits the ground, poofs out of existence. Okay. Alright, so that was... Ka- and Kaelin heard weird Michaela voices. Yep. Kaelin, um, killed a zombie, and it's now the zom- prone zombie's turn. Yep. And it's sort of... Admit it. Your heart always wanted her. You could... You couldn't have her, so you... And it claws its way up towards you, and... Yeah. Kaelin, calm down. Everything's fine. Just have to. And the zombie reaches its arms out towards you. And can you make your will save? Uh, 
29. Okay, so it puts its arms to about here, reaching for your throat again. Before that happens, you feel another pair of hands on your shoulders, warm, strong, reassuring hands, shaking you gently, and everything you see here disappears into darkness. Yep. And you have a sensation of sitting in something vaguely metallic and hard. There are hands on your shoulders shaking you, and you hear Michaela's voice right above you. Kaylin, calm down. It's okay. Breathe. It's just a dream. You're okay. Kaylin will look around. He doesn't start start up violently because he can take, because he's aware that Michaela's holding him. But there's a sense that he sort of lurches as he aborts a violent start up. Yeah. Um, he reaches for a sword that he doesn't have and generally reacts like someone who's prepared to. Um, Fight the next monster? Where's Svetlana? Where's that thing? What, what's going, what's going on? He, 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 he's hearing the message that yeah. it's a dream, but he's definitely not ready to jump to it was a dream that quickly. Wherever you are, it is absolutely pitch black. Um, possibly magically so, because your darkness does not penetrate it. Yeah, that's gonna be really weird for yeah, Kaelin, yeah, because Kaelin's never you, been in the dark. You wake it, like, you've probably run into magical darkness a time or two. Yeah, but it's still... Yeah, it is, it is bizarre and unusual. You wake up in pitch darkness. Uh, you are sitting on a seat, and you reach back up and, you know, sort of stand up slightly. Michaela's hands are on your shoulders. She... Keeps them there, but lets you up. She doesn't yeah. try and pin you down and restrain you. You reach back for your sword, and you find your adamantine greatsword is there. All right. So at that point, um, like Caleb is more than confident uh, enough to recognise the handle as soon as you put your hand yeah, on the handle. I don't actually draw it. I'm standing next yeah. to Michaela, and she's saying everything's and okay. I just reach for it, hold on to it for a moment, then. Michaela, I, I can't see. And you feel Michaela put a hand over your elbow when you reach up for it. Again, she's using no real force. She's yeah. just going to stop you if you start drawing yeah. the sword and swinging it around in the dark to cut people's heads off. Yeah, I can't see. It's okay. I can't breathe. see. Breathe. Breathe with me. Where's Svetlana? Michaela, everything's okay. Svetlana's fine. I want you to breathe with me, Okay. We're going to count to three slowly and breathe deeply. One. Two. Three. Svetlana's okay. I believe she's playing with Tobias, but I can have a page check on her. It was... It was a dream? Are we going to start soon, you hear? Quiet, Michaela. Let His Majesty wake up. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. Who, who, who was that? What, what's, why can't I see? What's, what's going on? It's your appointment? Uh... Genevieve Hanbaki, uh, Lord Edris Tanbaki's daughter. The pony girl. Yes, that's that's right. Caitlin, the pony girl. Oh, if this this can wait if you 
need a moment. I've been waiting forever. When you speak to the king, you speak with respect. You you hear the slight sort of like she's got several ruder comments she could make, but isn't quite prepared to make them. Why is it that? That Kim's asked this three times. Yeah. His tone of voice indicates he really wants an answer to that one. And Michaela gives you a patient sign. She says, it's okay. Just sit down. Puts her hands. Yeah, sits sit you back down. down in what now feels familiarly like your throne, like your throne in the, yeah. in the um, receiving rooms and yeah. audience chambers. Caitlin, are you feeling alright? What What do you mean? I'm I'm asking. You feel a hand on your forehead. You're not hot or feverish. Are you feeling okay? I'm not waiting for this anymore. All animals and children are to clear the hall for the moment. But I wanted, in a moment, I said, and you hear noises of guards bustling and people moving out. Kaelin's going to reach up and touch his eyes. They feel fine. And, like, shuts open. Um, however, you put your hand up. You... They feel fine. You shut them. You open them. The room remains pitch black. It's okay. Kevin? I'm blind, aren't I? Yes. But it's okay. I'm right here where I'll always be. I'm right by your side. Everything's okay. Do you remember what happened with Vordekai? Kevin. The... What was the... The Oculus of the, the Oculus? Yes. You defeated him. You saved everyone, Caelan. We took the Oculus, but we couldn't destroy it. Pressure was mounting. Other things were coming, cultists of the Outer Dark, to look for it. You said there wasn't any other way and it had to be done. Tristan found a way. He's clever like that. You gave up your sight to destroy it. You destroyed it, Caelan. You saved the kingdom. You saved everyone. The thing is, I hear what you're saying, but that ain't what happened. Jod sacrificed his sight to save the... to destroy the Oculus. Jod? This isn't real. If the last one wasn't real, this isn't real either. I'm dreaming or something. You mean the priest of Erostil? Aye. He was eaten by... You told me the story that you were too late to save him. He went to the temple of the elk. He was eaten by the bear that was there? This is a dream. I'm going to wake up and it's all going to be all right. There's the boom of the doors being pushed. Not quite kicked, but... Pushed open. Michaela's definitely moved to the no longer reassured by Michaela's presence thing. And you hear the <laughs> of something coming in, and then Genevieve Hanvaki's shrill, annoying voice. I've been waiting 
for like 30 minutes to see the king. I'm getting old here. And I just want to know, uh, your majesty, and you hear, you, you can hear yeah. Michaela facepalm. Incidentally, you appear to have no blindside here at all. Yeah, yeah. You can hear Michaela facepalm, um, and she whispers very quietly in, into your ear, she, she did curtsy. At least she's learning something. <laughs> I don't think it's fair. You're blind. You can't ride Windchaser anymore, so I don't see why I can't have him. <laughs> He's mine, and I want him. I want him, I want him, I want him, I want him. All right. Well, that's not complicated, at least. You can't have him. He's his own horse, and he's definitely not your horse. Caelan, the the kingdom is in significant debt. We can't afford to annoy the Humbuckies. I know it's not exactly the glorious life of adventure you needed, but right now we just need you to work with what we have. No, I'm not doing this. Not today. And Caelan is going to get up, work his way towards wall, and feel his way out of the throne room. And she says to you, Caelan, and sort of starts, starts to walk behind you, and you feel her hand just touch you lightly and then let you go, because you're obviously trying to get out of here, and a bunch of noises go up. Genevieve starts moaning, it's not fair, nobody's nice to me, I want it, I'm going to tell daddy. Um, Michaela walks a few paces behind you, touches you reassuringly once, and then lets Mm -hmm. go, and so walks behind you, you can't do this quietly. You're still the king. I know you're blind, but that doesn't mean the end of everything. You're just having a bad day, that's all. Walks along behind you, and then you feel another warm, reassuring hand take you hand in hand from the front. Uh, and can you give me another one of those base attack checks? Uh, 21. Okay. You hear, this time, a <laughs> noise. That one you can definitely ID, even blind, because this is just, it's the sound. It's the same sound you heard before. A spear being thrown, and a thud as it hits something small and light. And... Then this whole thing seems to go quieter and quieter because, of course, you can't see yeah. it disappear. Things just get quieter and quieter. And the next thing you can hear is Tristan's voice sounding panicked. And he's saying, Terrace Nedros! Shitari and Jinga! Hey, it's a third bear. Undo Manare. Calm down. We can't understand you. You hear from Michaela again. But it's okay. And you blink once and your sight returns. Well, that's a tremendous relief. And you are staring gloriously up at a reasonably cold, grey, and uninteresting sky. Yep, it's But you beautiful. can see it. Yep. It is wonderful. You appear to be able to hear fine. Yeah. You can hear people moving all around you. Tristan uh, basically yelling animatedly and frantically and completely incomprehensibly. Yeah. Um, and... 
Tristan yelling incomprehensibly, um, and other people walking around you and Michaela talking to him again quietly, a relatively sotto voice just trying to calm him down. I know you're upset. We all are. And you watch. You appear to be lying down. The sky is moving slowly overhead. Alright, so Carolyn is going to sit up with a jolt and... and that's when you discover that you're paralysed. Yep. You can see, you can hear, your body does not move or respond to your commands. Alright, can I talk? Apparently not. Okay. In his head, Carolyn yep. swears violently. Uh, and at this point... Um, your blind sense is working perfectly. Yeah. Um, you can feel what is happening around you. You are being carried off the ground, although no one is touching you. There are three people on each side of you, and Tristan, who is basically running in a circle around these six people, animatedly waving his arms and shouting gibberish at them. And... Under your fingers, you can feel something wooden. I'm going to try and feel round, but I presume I can't really move my fingers? Maybe just the slightest twitch? Can you give me a spot check? Uh, maybe, maybe wisdom, actually. Yeah, because like, it, can't be, it's more, it can't be spot, it's more yeah, of a touch check. You see this guy. Uh, 21. You realize that you are being carried in a wooden coffin-sized box by six people. Ah! <coughs> and at this point, can you make me a will save? Uh, 23. You can't move. Yeah. You can hear the footsteps around you. You can recognize with your blind sight, because you have theoretical mm. line of effect to them, the soft footfalls of Svetlana, the reasonably strong boots of Eldis and Van marching together. Um, that Tristan is not one is not one of your pallbearers carrying your coffin. Um, your pall your pallbearers, if you're interested, are Van, Eldis, Svetlana, um, Triss. Excuse me. Bryn and Tobias. And Michaela is also walking off to the side with Tristan, trying to... Isn't Tobias going to be much too short to be a pallbearer? He's pretty strong. But he's carrying it up like this. Yeah, but, st- but still, I mean, he's only 10 or whatever. Yeah. He's, 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 he's pretty big. He yeah. seems to be managing okay, from what you can perceive. Yeah. And you, like, Michaela doing it would make a lot of sense, but she's trying to calm Tristan down, yeah. prevent him from harassing this. And you are just stuck. Yeah. And you lie there, helpless, as they carry this coffin across, and then you see the sky getting slightly further away, and dirt edgings to either side of your peripheral vision as they start to lower it into the grave. And you can hear Tristan gibbering away at them, Excitedly, animatedly. He's telling them I'm not dead. Angrily. But they can't understand him. Um, and again, sort of a cold, grey day, a graveyard that you feel like yep. you've just been at. 
the sort of ah, ah, the birds in the background, and Tristan is animatedly going, uh, Talarathi, Egosari, uh, Denarian, Helvara, 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 the Helvara, the Helvara, and you can understand what he is saying at long last here. He says, the Helvara, it's incredibly dangerous, but it isn't deadly. It's a poisonous, paralytic fey creature. You have to listen to me. He's not dead. He's just trapped. He's paralyzed and going from one nightmare to another. The Helvara's bitten him. You, you can't bury him like this. You can't bury him like this. And everybody ignores him. Yeah. Only you seem to be able to understand what he is yeah. saying. Yeah. And... Can I make a knowledge to flames check? Yes, you can. Is the Helvara a real thing? Uh, nature. It's a fake creature. Ah, yeah, Tristan nature. is actively saying it is a bizarre. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't have um, very much in the way of knowledge nature, but I will make it untrue. Yeah, no, I have no idea. The fact that you have never heard of it... Doesn't prove anything. Doesn't prove anything. But he is giving a pretty Tristan-y info dump. Yeah. You know, it's... It's oh, it's it's fat. You can almost hear the vague tinge of excitement mm. in his voice. It's it's so exciting. It bites and it poisons and prey and it paralyzes them. Their mind is trapped in nightmares, you know. And Michaela Tristan, it's over. It isn't. You can't do this. And. The dream's dead. Let it go. And there are sounds of a scuffle as you perceive Tristan's energies mixed with Michaela as he takes a swing at her. Yeah, he's trying to stop them from doing this, but unfortunately he's um, considerably lacking in the physical strength to overpower everybody else. She shoves him back, calls for the guards. Um, Guards, hold him. It's all right, Tristan. It'll all be over soon. Chook! Sticks her shovel into the dirt. I'm sorry we couldn't do more for you, Caleb. At least you'll be put to rest by the people who love you. And starts tipping dirt onto your face. I would imagine they put the lid of the coffin on first. No, they just start pouring the dirt straight in. You watch shovel after shovel of it fall on you as you lie there paralyzed. Yeah. And... Can you give me another one of those? Will save? Uh, will, several things here. Will save. Okay, um, that's a 24. Listen check. Uh, Still can't make them, that's a 5. And base attack bonus. Again, you hear that whistle, thud, spear. Um, Hear the little thing if you've made. Listen check was the base attack. The listen check I failed and I made the base attack. I'm trying to filter the information. Uh, 
So you hear a spear being thrown again, a whistle, a thud, something falls down. Um, <coughs> you at this point see something that you didn't see in the other ones. Michaela reaches down with the next shovel of dirt when a spear bursts through her chest and seemingly kills her. She staggers back and falls away from the grave. Um, and the other mourners start turning and reacting to this. And with your blind sense, you feel the small thud of something again hitting the ground. And it sounds like there is a fight happening out there. Um, but the one thing you can't feel anymore is something, something. No! It's gone. It slips your perception. Um, and they throw the dirt down upon you, one after the other. And then you are desperate at this point to get the dirt out of your face, to get the grey of dirt out of your eyes. And you push yourself, and your arm suddenly comes free. You reach up, and you pull the dirt from across your eyes. It is no longer noon, but night. You are crouched down behind bushes with mud all over your face. Um... And Vaughn is beside you. Yes, all right. It's not the best, but it's what we've got for camouflage, he says. He also has mud all over his face. You appear to be out in the woods, um, looking at a big-ass tower um, that actually looks eerily like the Keep of Flowers, but subtly different in several ways and Vaughn is crouched behind you beside you sort of sword out mission ready Vaughn I'm sorry I'm a little I'm a little lost what's happening will say uh, I net 20 okay you hear something again something that has always been there the edge of your perception but something your mind is now focusing on it's the only thing that's been the same in every one of these things. The cry of the raven. I'm looking for that bird. Or perhaps the rook. The, yep, I'm the nightmare yeah, rook. rook. I'm looking for that bird. Uh, you look around, and you're, at this point, your dark vision... Your sight, all your senses seem to be working perfectly. Yeah. You are looking up at the Keep of Flowers, and there is a very small shadow on top of it in the moonlight. You can see the bird is just sitting up there. It looks like a normal-sized crow. It's largely unremarkable in this forest setting, except for the fact that it's, it's sort of like it's watching you up there. Well, then, what do you want well, it's it's at this point like a kilometre up the top of the tower. Yeah. It probably it may or may not be able to hear you, depending on its... 
given that what it's certainly a normal bird would not hear you or react to you in any way. Yeah, I'm 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 calling this thing out. And Van looks slightly sideways at you. And I thought we'd agreed on the plan. This is a nightmare. We have to sneak in and get Bryn back out. I know I'm not the stealthiest, but I'm all you've got. I, I understand why you gave her to her Betty like that. It was the only way we could save the kingdom, but she's not going to forgive you even if you can get up there. That looks like a hell of a climb. With Svetlana having run off in disgust, we don't have the magic to get up there anymore. This is a bad dream. I've just had four of them in a row. I'm starting to get a bit suspicious of it. And I've had enough of it. You hear me, you bird? And can you make me an intimidate check if you are trying to... Um, yeah, I'm trying you're to... You're trying to address... You're at this point really blatantly addressing... Yeah, it. I'm threatening the bird. And... Kayla is capable of certain amount of murderous fury at the best of times, and this is very much not the best of times. That's a 29. On intimidate? On intimidate. I'm threatening this bird. So I'm kind of seeing that... Um, the premise here for Kaylin sort of makes sense. Now you look at it again, you're at the Keep of Flowers, but it's just been a little steampunked up. Yeah. Um, you're dressed in your leathers rather than your full plate, like you're here for a stealth mission. Yeah, yeah. Um, and <laughs> It's you, certainly a nightmare if Van and I are trying to sneak into a place. And you were basically breaking character from that dream entirely, ignoring the circumstances. Yeah, yeah. The, the, um, Kaylin has been getting increasingly yeah. suspicious yeah. as these things go on. Which is why he sort of refused to participate in the whole scenario, but there wasn't a lot he could actually do in the paralytic dream, whereas now it's, and he hadn't really figured out what was happening. Whereas now it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not playing this game. Um, and so you abandon the premise of the dream, basically stride forward towards the tower, looking yep. up at it, and Vaughn kind of hisses at you and grabs at you and says, Kalen! We're supposed to be stealthy. Everything's relying on it. You can't... Uh, mm. This is a dream. It's not real. It's not real. And the Nightmare Rook looks down at you and fixes you with its eye and... Argh. You can't push me like this anymore, bird. It's not real. Ah, A strong mind... Whether you know it or not, it doesn't matter. The nightmares don't end when you can't wake up. And Vaughn falls very passive behind mm. you. He's almost like a puppet with the strings cut. Now he is very unambitiously reaching what you're going, Kalen, no, stealth, etc., and just, if you keep going forward, just falls behind yeah, you. Yeah, I'm, I'm I keep going forward. Yeah, you think you've got me? Well, I think there's something I can do to you even here. I fought Candlemere. And, and there were things there that said I couldn't wake up. But I did. I'm guessing there's a way out of this too. <laughs> ah! Now that's a real dream. You're here until it's done. Until what's done? Not every bloom is in the land. Many of the Fae like the land. I like the dream or the nightmare. 
you sleep and the land grows. But you're strong, I'll give you that. Where do you want to go? Back to blindness? Buried alive? Your guilt and fear rising again? I'm not playing. It's going to be very dull for you. And the bird sits back and can you give me a sense motive check on the Nightmare Rock, which is, of course, exactly what this creature is. Uh, 16. Yeah. It just kind of leans slightly back against the top of the tower, smirks down at you, and you get the impression were it physically capable of it, it would be sticking its tongue out at you. It's not amazingly thrilled about you no longer playing the game, but that isn't the point of this exercise. The point of this exercise is point to is stop. to keep you here. Whether yeah. or not you are having nightmares, as long as you are asleep... It's accomplishing what it wants. Yeah. Alright, so um, what Kevin wants to achieve is to physically get up near to it. Yep. Which, you know, he's prepared to put some time into just walking up to it, effectively. Yep. Uh, and, yes, because you're just going to go inside the tower. Yeah, climb the stairs and walk up to it. Okay, uh, can you give me an intelligence check for reasons that will be kind of happening? Also, you are a great player. Mm-hmm. 21. Okay, and another one? Uh, 23. And another one? Uh, 18. So, Kaylin, at this point, basically, rather than scaling the outside of the tower, you're going to ignore the rook, move inside, and walk up the stairs. Yeah. And it more or less works like the um, keep of flowers that you were used to. Yeah. Except, again, it's just all magnified and creepier. Yeah. When you get inside, the staircase seems to stretch on forever. Mm. As you march up it, you are accosted by Irovetti's clockwork men. Mm. Um, halt. Halt, this unit will halt you. And as you start to get towards the stop of, top of the stairs, um, you see first step out. This unit has been reprogrammed to protect that which matters most. You may not pass. You may not have her. You will not keep her safe. And these things start engaging you, and Kaelin almost gets sort of instinctively drawn into the combat and fights them a bit, mm. and then moves up and then goes, wait, no, I, I don't need to dick with this going to fight them, uh, at which point we are abstracting the fights into you taking damage. Yeah. Uh, can you take 14 points of damage? It is from separate attacks. If you have DR, any of that matters to you? I do not. And as you climb the seemingly endless staircase, uh, it is almost instinctual to Caitlin, like a clockwork guard charges to yeah. which you sort of sidestep on the stairs, cut it apart yeah. with your sword. Etc. Um, Etc. Et when this begins, you don't seem to have any of the three swords on you because presumably in the dream conception you surrendered to a and gave yeah. them all to him. When these fights start, you have your adamantine greatsword. By the time you get to the top, sheik, the gatekeeper and the blades are back again. Yeah. Um, and what happens is you get drawn briefly into these fights, then go and. 
don't need to do this. You know, okay, I try and walk past the next guard. Ow, he stabs you. It feels real. Yeah. You are, you appear to be bleeding. Mm-hmm. And then you remember what you read of the Nightmare Rook in Zadiger's Picnic. Nice. Um, which I can surmise will give you the... I can actually get out my Zodica's Picnic handbook. Cool. I can find it for you if you want. Because you have now read this volume. Here is Zodica's Picnic. Keeping in mind that Zodica's Picnic is written as a children's story and is um, it, it needlessly simple. Yeah, yeah. Regard, and has these bizarre, creepy illustrations. Yeah. And, hey, there's your friend, the Nightmare Rook. That yeah. is exactly what you were looking at. Okay, so, woodcut to a T. So, um, can I just point out that this isn't Kayla's issue, but as the player, irritating, bu- irritating black birds are, are really a thing. <laughs> um, so, uh, mentioned in Zadiger's Picnic is an immense night black crow whose wings block out the, scar- the stars, the quote-unquote older brother of the crow that, her- that steals Zadiger's spoon. Uh, Zadiger blames the Nightmare Rook for bringing his dreams to life. Uh, in the pictures, that's what he... Because he's got, like, creepy messages mm. hidden in the pictures. He talks about how the Nightmare Rook brought his dreams to life, and then he went on to become a, a glorious mm. serial killer. Um, in the children's text of the actual story, the hero effortlessly defeats the Rook by just confronting it directly, and it flees. Right. Cool. And as you think about that and start trying to apply this... The less you engage with the dream, the less it does to you. When first steps out and combats you, you just try as hard as you can to completely ignore him, and he stabs you and you flinch slightly, and then he stabs you again and you flinch a little less, and then like a puppet with his strings cut, he just seems to swing very slowly, protect that which matters more, and falls behind you as you continue up the stairs. When you get towards the top of the tower, there is a big, heavy, barred door there. Kaelin puts a shoulder into it and pops it open with ease. It is yeah. far easier to open than it looks. Bryn is inside, dressed in an incredibly princessy dress. It is yeah. pink and frilly and goes all the way down, and she's got high heels on and this sort of thing. And she sort of lopes up to you, in her wolf-like lobe, and starts cursing at you. <laughs> you come back to me now, husband. How could you abandon me to this? How could you not fight for our pack? And are you going to engage her, or just No, so, so, uh, Kaelin barely makes eye contact with her. He says, you're not real. And, uh, and um, as he walks and walks straight past her, and without turning around, he says, as even if someone had locked her in a tower, she'd never wear that. Okay. Have you still got blind sense up at this point? Yes. Okay. You've got some vague line of effect to the outside. In theory, you can see what's happening outside yeah. the tower. Something made something made of steel, similar to what you felt in the graveyard, is climbing up the outside of the tower. Yeah. Well, still, yep. still going up. And there's, there's basically a ladder on the inside that heads up to the roof where you yeah. saw the nightmare Bring Bryn growls at you, but now quietly and feebly, left me! How could you? She sort of just slumps back down on the bed and goes back to faintly fanning herself. Yeah, the, the, 
lacy fan. Every bit of this is traumatising Caleb, but he's really... He's forcing himself to not engage with it. But he's really angry now. Which, which is exactly, it appears yeah. to be working very well. Yeah, you, it's still hard to do. You climb to the top of the tower, and the Nightmare Rook hops down from the, the battlements. So you're, you're on the classic yeah. uh, stone tower top here. The Nightmare Rock hops down from the battlements, walks over the woods you on its little feet. It's much bigger now, like the size of a big German shepherd or something. Yeah. Um, and stares at you, because it can hear you coming down yeah. because you're Caelan. Yeah, 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 it can probably hear me coming halfway up the tower. Also, I think it probably... Given what it is and what it's doing, it probably knows where I am, wherever and, I am. And at this point, you appear to be back to your normal defaults. You yep. are in your standard adventure in full plate, blah, 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 blah. Sweet. So, as Caelan walks up towards it, yep. he draws the swords and concentrates on them a little bit and um, combines them into sacrifice, yep. which he holds in his hand. Yep. The Nightmare Rook stares at you with beady, gleaming eyes. Kaelin will walk up to it, like, really close, yep. melee range, and look at it. So, is that all you've got? And um, then he says um, the same orcish curse he, he used on... Um, uh, um, he chants something softly and awkwardly under his breath, and it's that um, bleed and fall and die thing yep. he was chanting when he um, killed um, Gorham Garnet Bone Crusher. Garnet Bone Picker, yeah, when he killed Garnet yeah. Bone Picker. You don't scare me, you little ball of feathers. If you had the guts for a real fight, you wouldn't have to get into people's heads and mess with them. Ah, I'm not done. I'm not done. You've got a lot more things in that head of yours. A lot more nightmares and fears and juicy dreams. Yeah, but I'm just going to walk straight past every one of them and come back up here to you. And then, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wake up. And Kaelin is going to swing sacrifice at the Nightmare Rook. Yep. You swing the sword and it passes straight through it like there is nothing there and goes clang and scrape off the stone of the tower and scratches the thing and the Nightmare Rook merely smirks at you. Knowing or unknowing, you can't wake. It's not just you that's dreaming. It's all of them. You can't wake. You can't wake them. Nothing can stop this. <laughs> Funk. A spear comes flying across, strikes the Nightmare Rock clean through the chest. He looks... Eyes go big, and he just pops and disappears out of existence. And a moment later, you see a steel-clad arm pull itself over the edge of the tower. Another arm. Oh. All right, lad. I should have taken the stairs as Corwin Steel River climbs over the battlements. 
Bloody hell. You stare at him for yeah. a moment and realize you can see right through him. I don't care. Cameron strides over to him and hugs him. Yep, he appears to be solid and he embraces you. Good to see you again, lad. Likewise. I've been, you know, losing my mind or whatever. But you don't seem like a nightmare to me. Oh no, no, no. Not to worry. You're not losing your mind. Well, not yet. And you've done a good job of it, lad, to get this far. Without you pushing back against it, even I couldn't help you. I've been following this little bastard crow through the last 37 dreams. You probably don't even remember all the ones before that. Well, that's a troubling thought. No mistake. I... Heard someone throwing the spear. Was that? Were you throwing the spear in every dream? Every time. I can bring you out of one, but only but into another. Another. I couldn't wake you, not until you were ready to wake. Even then, sort of waves a hand. Ah, uh, it's complicated. But listen up. Okay, this is your dream. You have power over it, and. To be honest, I've always wanted to do this. Can I have one of Tristan's fancy blackboards? Sure. And Galen concentrates. Yeah, and it comes into being. Yeah. And at this point, you realize you can just alter the reality of his dream more or less as you see fit. Yeah. You can stand up here and do it if you want to be in the throne room. You yeah. can. Alright, and room. then Galen um, will... Well, I hate this creepy tower. And Galen will concentrate... And now we're in not the throne room, but one of the castle briefing rooms, yep. the conference room where traditionally we get these kind of briefings, which I've always pictured as having a really long table. Yeah. And Corwin is standing in the position Tristram traditionally stands in, yep. next to the Tristram yep. blackboard. Is he standing there in long, flowing, fine, Tristany robes? No, definitely not. He's in um, he's in very Corwin-y armour. And he has nettle spike, his spear yeah. in his hand, which is of course what he has been using to kill the nightmare yeah. repeatedly. It's just and and for good measure, there's a mug of beer on the table and a mug of beer on a little stand next to Corwin. There's a lad. <laughs> and Kalen's going to drink his mug of beer because Kalen has never needed alcohol more. Takes a drink and taps the blackboard with nettle spike repeatedly, and as he does, writing appears on it. Yeah, um, this is great. Kaelin can see why Corwin wants to do this. This looks like perfect fun. And he says, Right, you understand some of what's been happening then. There's a bloom growing within the castle, across the whole of Elk's Rest, to be frank. It's not something real in the world. It's a dream, a nightmare. Led by this cheerful fellow, picture of the nightmare rook appears. Yeah. As far as I understand it, and you'll forgive me here because I'm not Lord Fancy Pants, but I can tell you what I've been told. That you're trapped within the dream. <laughs> you can't wake up. That you'll, the dreamers will roll from one nightmare. will be trapped in one nightmare. Unless somebody had a certain power over dreams. And it just so happens that somebody, somebody that I carry very close to my heart, and he taps and the holy symbol of Phoresma appears, the river owes a favour to somebody, taps, and the vaguely similar holy symbol of the winding road of Desna appears, who has power over dreams, 
who knows somebody that owes you a favor, tap, and a snowflake appears on there, presumably the sigil of Mab. And thus, here I am. Uh, bloody hell, am I glad to see you. I'm here, All right. I'm here for the same thing I've always been here for, lad. Kill the monsters. Make our kingdom safe. And I'm all for it. What do we need to do? Well, I'm dead. And happy with it. As far as I can tell. I literally could not tell you a thing about it. I don't think those memories are meant to come back with me, at least for the moment. You've come back to do this thing, but you've moved on otherwise. I'm not here. I'm a dream. Uh, sending... Well, I'm Corwin. As Corwin as Corwin ever was. But I'm sent by Phrasma back for one last job. Take e- care of this beastie. Excellent. And believe me, I wouldn't be coming, it wouldn't be me if it was going to be easy. What you saw on the tower? That's the little version. Its wingspan blocks out the sky. That's the one, lad. It's just being little because it didn't think I, because I can't hit it with a sword. Hell, it can humor me. Right. The rest, I can show. The rest, I can tell you. You see, everyone tap, crude drawing of a castle with like a bubble around it. Everyone in the castle's asleep. He squints like you can see something off on the horizon. Or, well, that's interesting. At least most of them. A couple. Sorry, lad, my eyes were never my best strength. Were never my, my perception was never my strongest, so... He says, But the nightmare rook, it's keeping them asleep, and it's feeding on their dreams, on their nightmares. What you did, everyone's going to have to do. But you couldn't do it on your own. Ain't everyone that can do it on your own. We're going to need to help them one by one. Wake them up one after another. Weaken the rook's power. Everyone in the castle? That's going to be a bloody hell. That's going to be a lot of dreams. In some cases, it should be simple. The piss boy doesn't have, piss boy doesn't have a lot of strong nightmares. Others in the castle might be another story. Caleb winces slightly. I, I can imagine. Knowing that, let me show you what comes next. Now, don't lie to you, lad. We're going to step out of here. We're going to go back to Castle Stagthorn. Back to the real world. That's not the same as waking up. Understood. Now, as best you can, wake up. And he will smack you across yeah. the face with yeah. his field gauntlet in hand. Yeah. And Kalen goes, huh, 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 and wakes up in his bed. Yeah. And everything looks perfectly normal and still and peaceful and nothing unpleasant is happening and you can see and hear and blah blah blah. And everything is normal except for the fact that Corwin is standing next to the bed. And if you look at him real hard, you can partly see through him. Okay, Kalen's gonna get up. Yep. Is there Kalen? Kalen looks back at the bed. Is there a Kalen still in the bed? You're amazing. (laughs) Yes, yes there is. You do not disturb the bedclothes in any way. You stand up and you see 
a sleeping half orc in the bed wearing his pajamas. Um, Kellen's going to move over to him and, sh- and endeavor to shake him vigorously, which I presume I can't touch him. Indeed, your hands go straight through him. All right, and Kellen will look around the corner. I know, I know, that was never going to work. I just had to try. All right, I, I'm a I, big fan of a blunt and simple approach, lad. For myself, I think you. I think you may have the wrong man here. Uh, Lord Fancy Pants would doubtlessly be better for this, but you get what you get. I've never been glad to see you. I knew you weren't. You can't all shake yourself. Never mind. Best, I'll, I'll um freak out about. It. I'll um be scared later. And for a while, I'm thinking. But best not to be dwelling on it. I'd imagine. Now. For scary, come and have a look at this, he says, and leads you to your window, um, which is, of course, shuttered. And he looks at you, um, reaches out, sticks his hand through the window, and doesn't open, obviously, and says, you might like this bit, and sticks his head out the window, straight through the shutters. And Galen does the same thing. You look out, and of course, the king's chamber has a beautiful view over the city. It is pretty damned still. Yeah. Um, like, it looks at this point like it is about two o'clock in the morning. There are people actually moving around the city outside. Uh, this is about what Caelan would expect to see if he looked out at the real city at two o'clock in the morning. Nearly everyone is asleep. There are several night merchants and hookers and other such people <clears throat> playing their trade, lights on, etc., etc. None of them seem to respond in any way to the fact that um, no, if you rewind that slide, um, you can see there is moonlight illuminating the city, yet when you look up, the moon is not there. What you can see are huge black, black wings blotting out the sky. It doesn't seem to be stopping the moonlight, almost as if it is not really there, it is just here in a dream. And it is this gigantic bird, it is the size of a castle with ease. Yep, that's scary. On the other hand, I have some idea that it's really happening, so it's it's definitely not the scariest thing that's happened to me tonight. So, this is how it works, lad. We've got to bring that thing down to size. Cut off its food source. Then when it comes down, when it gets small enough, real enough. Then we stab it? Then we stab it. Then we solve this problem the old, the old-fashioned way. We find a big monster and we stab it till it bleeds. Well then, you and I were the good choice for it. And he says, come now. Gods, I'm glad to see you. You'll see this. And he nods his head. I lad, and you too. It was a good way to go. The right way to go, my fate, I'm sure. Doesn't mean I ain't missed you. As well. Shall we get started then? And he gestures towards the main door of the room. Or, if you prefer, to the window. Um, and at this point, the character select screen comes up. Everyone is greyed out. Yeah. Um, and the only person selectable is Corwin Steelriver. Yeah, I picked Corwin Steelriver. 
here is his character sheet, which I have updated quietly in the background. <laughs> well done, sweetie. Uh, and what I will probably do at this point is just give you uh, a little bit more brief info dump. Yeah. And then head towards the end of the session. Yeah, sounds good, because it's so getting late. let us say for the moment that you, like, step through, you go to open the door, and of course you just step through it, and outside your room there is a guard, dressed in his full uniform, but he is slumped down asleep like this. And around him is something you did not see around Kalen. There is a strange, thin, silvery aura all the way around him. It wasn't on your body at all, but when you look at yourself and Corwin, it is on you. And Corwin says, Hi, that's Desna. She's my understanding of this. From the voice of the Lady of the Sepulchres herself, I tell you that, that's an experience. is that in the absence of anything else happening, they'll just stay asleep until they die. This is keeping their minds safe, keeping their souls safe, keeping their bodies safe. I, I can't claim credit for this one. That would be, ah, there she is now. And something looking shimmery and made of the same silver light comes through the door, sorry, through the wall, crosses past the guard, passes you without engaging you, passes through the wall and passes on, and just sort of lays a hand across the guard, and as it does, a weaving silvery light goes out to this figure. You can recognize it. It is made entirely of glowing silver, and it is a centaur. It is a core of silver fire. Oh! The last briefing you had from the council was that she said she had to leave because she had to get ready to go to... She had to get ready... To dream. To dream. And that was all she could tell people. Yeah. And Corwin says, she's keeping everyone going. Our job's to bring them out of it. Shall we start? Aye. It takes your hand like this, and his light merges with yours. You put them on the guard's head, and you vanish into his dream. And unsurprisingly, Guardsman Bob is not having such amazing dreams that we're going to play this out at considerable length. Um, Kalen and Corwin have a quick montage of you (coughs) flashing to his dream. He is dreaming of being eaten alive by a horde of fairy dragons. Now, um, and you basically step in, convince him it's a dream. And when he comes, when you step back out, the silvery light around him is gone. The guard is still asleep. And Corwin says, the enchanted, the enchanted sleep will stay as long as the rook's here, but he's no longer feeding it. Well, one down, a couple of thousand more to go. There's a lot of people in this castle, but I'm guessing time isn't flowing the way it won't normally would. At least I bloody hope not. I shouldn't be too worried about that, though. Uh, Incidentally, the, through this whole encounter, Kalen and Corwin have been speaking Dwarf. Yeah, absolutely. As they customarily do. <laughs> Corwin, Corwin shrugs slightly at the question. In fact, he's, I wouldn't have the slightest idea, but to be honest, it's not something I worry about. If it isn't, then we'll get it all done in a night. And if it is, there's nothing you can do about it. If if times, if it's going to take us days, there's nothing you can do about it anyway. Oh, okay. Well then, right. on with the fight. On with the fight. Oh, the fight. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> <laughs>